0: Hey guys, welcome to the Katie May Show. I am Katie May. I hope you are ready to keep it real and talk all things marriage because that is what I do. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey in the pursuit of having an awesome marriage and accepting nothing less for this one and only life we get to have here together. Let's do this. For those of you just tuning in, hello and welcome. I had a couple of people hop in the group just to hear this discussion so i'm i'm excited about this uh for those of you who do not know me and are new to the group and or live i'm katie may i am the host of this beautiful group and podcast the katie may show if you're catching it after the fact on the podcast Uh, I am also the CEO of Katie May Coaching, and I am a marriage and relationship coach and mentor, and I help high power women, powerhouse women, have the depth and intimacy they desire in their relationships.
1: Yes, 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 you do.
0: (laughs) And I have a guest. This guest today, for those of you who do not know the one and only Rebecca Lima, the one and only Rebecca Lima. Uh, <laughs> she is the reason I am who I am today, you guys. <laughs> I I came to Rebecca, uh, my first consultation call with her and I said, uh, I this is my story. And I want to help women in their marriages and I don't know how, (laughs) but help me. And this is, this is her outcome.
1: (laughs) Oh, and you know, what a full circle moment. Uh, The reason why I am still married is because of you. (laughs) And, um, I am part of your Badass Wives Clubs, which which is awesome, and I'm also a private client, so the reason why I'm here is because of you, so what a full circle moment.
0: (laughs) And if you haven't noticed how amazing and humble she is, the second I put the spotlight on her, she's like, oh, and by the way, I'm a client of yours. Yes, Rebecca (laughs) and I uh, have been going strong for a little over two years now and, uh, and yes, I was her client. And then now she is my client and we are friends and she's a beautiful person and an amazing, amazing business coach. So if y'all are looking, check it out, check her out and her six figure society group, which I still say to this day is like the best community of women if you are looking to kickstart and or get your business to a new level, love it. So yes, Rebecca, this topic, I am so, so, so excited for this topic because if y'all don't know me and Rebecca together, you're going to learn today that we don't <laughs> leave stuff off the table. So I I could, like I said in my post, like I could not think of a better person to have this conversation with. And I think we we're even like in a session at one point and we were talking about how both of us have like that awesome superiority uh, yeah. lines, and it's oh.
1: so sneaky. <laughs> so sneaky. I was taking notes for today and I realized that it's not malicious. Is that of like enthusiasm? You know, like I'm so enthusiastic about this new idea, about this new thing, about this new direction that I end up doing the things that we're going to be talking about today, which is... Emasculating my husband and putting my marriage in a ditch.
0: <laughs> it's funny because it's not there anymore. Um, no. And it's funny because I did the same thing. Uh, so we can laugh about it now, but all of the things we've learned in the meantime. And uh, so, first of all, they want, I want them to hear a, a little bit of background about you sure. and your story before we jump right on in because, and just so y'all know, I'm not capping this at like 30 minutes. So we're going to be here for as long as Rebecca can put up with me and have this conversation. So Rebecca, tell everyone about your, your how you came to be Rebecca Lima.
1: Sure. So um, long story short, I was born in Brazil. You guys are going to hear my accent. Um, you're probably going to hear a little more sinusy than it normally is. But um, I'm from Brazil. Oh, <laughs> I moved to the States when I was 13. I come from very, very humble beginnings. I come from um, being homeless at six when my parents' um, house was basically, you know, they, they told them that they needed to leave because it was uh, structurally sound. Um, then I moved to the States and I really promised myself that I was going to become somebody. I ended up in a very toxic relationship um, that was financially and uh, emotionally abusive. I slept in my car. And um, my husband, actually, funny enough, he met me when I was 13 after he um, lost both of his parents. So had, had, he had just become an orphan. He lost both of his parents. My mom met him. Actually, she was like the Cupid. It's just like, he needs a friend. So I became a friend. And he like actually asked me to marry him when I was 13 years old. And I was like, <laughs> no, we're never getting married. I'm going to travel the world. And I'm going to become somebody. And marriage is not in the cards for me. <laughs> So I really, um, grew, uh, professionally and then for the events, once I left that relationship, um, we ran into each other and, um, and then I, you know, made John David and I made Julia and then here we are, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in a married sense, um, I was, I mean, we had two children back to back. We were really uh, dealing with a lot of like immigration things, a lot of paperwork, a lot of things in my own family. My parents were getting divorced after 26 years. And as the oldest child, I grabbed onto a lot of that. I started projecting that onto him, right? Uh, A lot of that responsibility that wasn't even mine to begin with. And um, we were emotionally. And almost financially bankrupt we just had nothing left with two children and I was still going to school full-time so I was going to school full-time working full-time two small children <laughs>
0: yeah yeah wait a minute and okay. your kids are so close together
1: yes my children are 13 months and 13 days apart
0: and you were going to school
1: I was going to school full-time
0: and or like tell them the story
1: Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah. Please stop me because I have, there's so many stories no. within this story, right? No. So, um, unexpectedly, we, um, you know, they people ask like, "Did you plan to have your children so close together?" I'm like, no, I'm not crazy but it just so happened. So I was in college and I had John David. And soon enough, I had Julia, like John David was a few weeks old when I found out I was expecting again. It was the craziest time of my life. I remember calling my husband crying that I was pregnant again. And he was like, God put you in my life. when I lost both of my parents and he put you in my life again to make it up to me to have a full family.
0: So
1: I know it was really sweet.
0: A good guy, you know, he was having like a panic attack underneath all that.
1: Oh, yeah, and, he, and I was at work when I found out. So he's like, I need to keep her working, there's two children now, I need to calm her down and keep her working. And I worked, and even though it was a high risk um, pregnancy, I had to work and I worked um, until Friday. I delivered to on the Monday, and she is perfect. And I kept on working, you know, and going to school at night. I remember like dropping off my children and pumping on my way to school cool. I had like a box. <laughs> I had a, like an, um, a cooler with all the ice and all the things. And I had those Medela uh, pumps and I was pumping and driving. And I, the only thing I could think about the whole time was like, I hope I don't crash because this is like a gold. It takes a lot <laughs> out of me to take this out so I can feed my children the next day, you know? And I remember coming home and doing homework until two o'clock in the morning. And then at six o'clock doing it all over again, being at work at eight, you know, and dropping my kids off. Like I wouldn't even, like pick up them, they care. I wouldn't even walk them home. I would just like hand them to my husband in the driveway and then go to school. So it was crazy times.
0: So like, I wanted them to hear that because it's just like to hear the amount of hustle and drive that you had and still, and still do now Mm -hmm. we we've reformulated that into what your brand is all about. Right. Like, yeah. The half-ass hustler, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I think it's so important for people to understand like how much drive you truly have. Because truthfully, I, I can just tell you right now, knowing me in college, if that was me, I would have just straight up dropped out. Like I would have been mm-hmm. like, "Booze and breastfeeding? No, like that's not happening." It barely happened, and I was a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was not that determined. So I just, I think it's so important for people to hear that.
1: And, you know, a lot of people were telling me to just drop out. A lot of people were telling me to like, like my mom's special. She's like, it's not good for you to read after, you know, like all these third world country, like myths about once you need to give birth, you need to have 40 days of no reading or no screen or nothing. And I couldn't stay 40 days at home. I had school to catch up on. I had, you know, work, I had payroll. Like if I didn't work. And the reason why I became the half-ass hustler is because I hustled so much, yeah. It was not because like I was, I hustled so much to the point of burn down because five years afterwards, I was in a a situation that I am pretty sure it was a result of all that hustle. So to say that I was like financially, like we had $120,000 in debt and you guys know like how much money plays into relationships, right? We, it was hard, like hard, hard, hard times. And um, we're not really trained to be mothers or to be wives or to like, Nobody's like here's the manual for you how to be a good wife and how to be good to yourself and how to be good to your children right we just do the best we can with what we have and he wasn't he wasn't healthy but that hustle came in and he was very um, that drive right that passion that right. enthusiastic so we are one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt and I decided to I'm gonna start my business right we moved cross country to for my husband's business he does flooring in um, here in Colorado. Business was better, so we moved all across country. I left my career of ten years. I'm like, I'm going to start a business. This is what I'm going to do, and that was a lot of contention, right? Like my husband, like, okay, you've done your playtime. Now it's time to go get a real job, and that was like the first time that I set those boundaries and I say, no, I'm not getting a job. You did what you wanted to do, and I supported you. We moved. We left our house. We were out thought that our babies were going to go to college, right? That was the house they're going to come back home to once they had their own families. Now it's my turn and I'm going to do this. And I did it, right? And then I started earning money. And that's what I really want to be like super honest about because I think a lot of people are not honest about this, right? And we're like, we don't have the self-awareness and I really wanna be super transparent because I have so much conviction around this and it has been such a game changer. The game changer to the point where my husband and I, we had this um, pattern of fighting and then not speaking for days. Like I remember when I first hired you, he was sleeping on the couch for like 11 days without talking to each other and there was like this silence to at the house. And now we haven't had an argument in like six months you know we've had arguments but not like he hasn't been on the couch for 6 months we haven't um had a that pattern so i i'm really confident that that's this is an old pattern and it's not a new pattern anymore and i realize how much i played into that pattern with the power dynamics right when he was the provider yeah i was happy do, or i wasn't happy i was grudgingly let's be honest um doing the things to fill the role right And then through that role, I just lost myself.
0: Well, you know, and it's, it's so interesting because like, I know from your previous story, you guys, this wasn't the first time you had worked with a marriage coach. Mm -hmm. So you've, so it's what I loved, what I love about this is, and I, and I think is so important for everyone to hear is the fact that like, this is a continual thing. This is like, you, you, you grow continuously and on every level. And so you guys had hired a marriage coach before. You're, you've are you done so much work on yourself as an individual, just to be an entrepreneur, just to run your business successful, to lead everyone in Six Figure Society and your clients. And you still, you guys still got to a spot where you were like, this dynamic. Oh, don't worry about it. Mine's right at my feet too. <laughs>
1: it's probably my husband's fault. I told him to be quiet. <laughs>
0: And the, uh, the, the dynamic of this though, is that when we, when we first started working together and I think we, we can both share this openly because this is what we're here to talk about is the mindset of why am I the one who has to fix it first? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, so that so resonates with me too. And I, this is a big part of a lot of the women that I work with is because we are such drivers right we are such powerhouses take the bulls by the horn and go that we end up perpetuating this negative cycle and contributing mm-hmm. to the negative cycle that mm-hmm. we don't want to have in our in our life right
1: so true so the first time that I had a marriage coach was in that life in that situation I had a tube down my throat and I told my husband we're either like I had 10 days right that I was like I couldn't really talk I thought I was dying and there was like no time for me like we don't know when we're gonna leave so I had a lot of time to do some deep deep thinking and then one of those days when my husband came to visit me, um, I told him, we either hire a divorce coach or a divorce lawyer or were we hiring a marriage coach. I'm not doing this again. Like that was like the rock bottom of the rock bottoms. So that instilled that mindset, like I'm still here with the tube down my throat and I'm the one who has to take the bull by the horns again. <laughs> right. So that like instigated a pattern, but we did hire her and she was amazing. She really helped us like move cross country and let it go and let the old identity of that person. Cause I was in my previous work, uh, previous uh, employer with them for like 10 years. I started with them when I was 19 up to 29. I ran the place. I knew everybody. Um, it was really a big part of my identity. So I really had to let that go. And when, after we moved and we hired you, it was one of those 11 day patterns. And like, here I am, I can, looking for help. When is he going to step up to the plate? Right? Like, this isn't just my marriage. This is our marriage.
0: <laughs> I don't know how many people who just heard you say that. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But then we're like, okay, it's just our marriage. So it doesn't really matter who looks for help, right? And I think that that when we say things like that, we instigate that pattern of like, I'm the only one and I'm so powerful and I have to be all the things. And we end up like really emasculating them, right? And like, I don't, I have a problem with a 50-50 marriage. Like it's 50 husband, 50 wife. And I really had to reframe that for myself I'm a 100% wife and he's a 100% husband. That 50/50 mindset just created this deep hole between us because I pulled in my way. Now when's your turn to put in your way, right? When is your turn to like meet me halfway? And it just created a lot of resentment. Instead of me showing up truly as the best person that I am and he can choose to meet me or not, but I am proud of the way I show up.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> that's that's the key that's the key point right is because when it comes down to it we cannot we cannot control them we all know this we cannot we we can have influence over them but the only way that we can do that is by showing up as our best self for us Mm -hmm. because it's who we really want to be right and at the end of the day it's like okay he's going to choose to do what he's going to choose to do but can I be proud of how I'm showing up in this relationship. Can I be proud of if I, if, if he's not even in this, if he's not even in this game, can I honestly say I'm showing up as my authentic self, my higher self each and every day. Right.
1: Yes. And, um, another thing that I keep, it keeps coming, the mindset, right. Is that instead of thinking like, I have to carry this family on my shoulders, I really reframe that. Like I'm the light keeper of this family. Like I keep that light going. I keep that fine going. And what a more like empowering way of thinking about the same thing, right? Instead of seeing them as a burden, seeing like, I get to keep this light. I get to. Yeah, I get to.
0: Switching from I have to, to Mm -hmm. I get to, right? Like total, total mind shift. Total mind
1: shift. And also, like one of the big things that I saw that power was so intoxicating when I started earning more money, when I started really doing this. So I thought, like, oh, I have to look for the marriage coach and I have to make sure all the bills are paid and I have to get groceries and I have to take the sick kids. And when the kids are home from school, I have to be the one, right? And then really looking to that, like I get to I get to create this beautiful budget that allows our family to go and travel. I get to spend a sick day with my children. How amazing it is, right? Like I get to have a flexible schedule and really getting into because the other pattern was really instigating this um because let's be honest power is really intoxicating right Mm -hmm. and we are we don't realize that it is until we're there and unless you see it in yourself like I saw in me and then I saw how self-centered that was Mm -hmm. he earned more all of this time and now I'm earning more than him and I am really acting entitled right and I like I asked for the flexibility and now that I have I'm resenting him for it
0: yeah it, it's sorry go ahead I feel
1: no, like and then I like and they said of like the entitleness in the boundaries for me was very closely and you and I worked very because I used to be a person like I have no boundaries and I was proud of someone who didn't have any boundaries right and so the is like well, I have to be with my children and you don't get to like, why do I have to change my schedule again? You know, like especially with the whole COVID situation, my kids were homeschooled for a half, and a half and I'm not like a homeschool mom. Okay. I'm just not that person. And that was a lot of resentment. And instead I could have come with boundaries instead of that entitlement. I could have say, Hey, this is all that I can do. How can you show up for us? How can we together like, And instead, I just jumped in and whatever situation, emasculating him, leaving him no room to make any decision, right? Instead of coming to him with like, here's the problem. I already came to him with a solution, resenting him for not stepping in faster.
0: Yes. CEOing your husband. Yes. Don't don't CEO your husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it will That's- not work out well. <laughs> no, you will not. I am leaving proof. I love that you say that because that is so true. I was CEO him. I'm like, he's the solution. He's how we're going to go. And I'm resenting you for not doing anything faster. Yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and this is, you know, what's funny is because my story, of course, like I was a stay at home mom for three years. And I am also not the stay at home mom tight. So God bless my firstborn. Uh, he's been on a ride with me. So, <laughs> um, but the, and and we were so broke. Like, I mean, just, we were surviving off my husband's teachers le- like salary and on a single income with a house and a child. And we um, when when it came, when it came back down to the flip, when it came to, when I did go to work, when I was, you know, doing high performance consulting and now I'm running my own business and I, now I am making more money, right. It switched. And it was amazing to me how easy it was for like that sense of entitlement of like, well, it totally crept in. I have to be totally honest here. And I would, I would think thoughts like, Oh yeah, well I make more money, so I can go buy this. Or oh yeah, well I make more money, so I can I can I can stay and I can work longer, or I can go out with my friends because. And these were like they're so sneaky. But then I was thinking, I was like, see, I never experienced that when I was a stay-at-home mom, right? I honestly, I put so much martyrdom on me. I didn't feel like I could even buy a granola bar without it being on sale, and and so. Just like you said, it's like the same things I would resent my husband for when I, when the reverse, when the reverse was true, I was acting them out and feeling totally justified by doing so.
1: Yes. Yes. And like, for instance, going to school, I hustled, right? There was a lot of my credit, but the truth of the matter is had I not had a partner that was equal, I wouldn't have graduated right? Like I had a husband who stepped in, who changed babies, who fed babies, who like took care of my breast milk. Like he was a hot commodity because he was <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, as much of like his merit of like stepping in and doing yeah. things as he was mine. Was it, did I have a home cooked meal every time I came home first? No, because he wasn't done my way. Doesn't mean that he wasn't done. And there was that was another thing. Like my standards are not his standards. And if I want something like really being vulnerable to express my wants, instead of coming to him with this entitleness and this self-centeredness, like, why don't you do it? Like, right? And it's not second nature to him. Instead of saying, hey, I have this and this in the fridge. Can you make sure that it's out? Like when I am come home, like it's a different conversation, but that intoxication of power makes you almost blind to vulnerability.
0: Yeah. It's the, it's the, like you, what you just hit on, I legitimately remember coming home with no dinner made yeah. <laughs> and I was pissed <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm laughing because I'm like, this was so ridiculous because, um, I mean, this was something I, pr- I really took pride in. For there's so many things that I fell short in in my stay at home mom life, but I had dinner on that table, man. Like, and I I made sure that there was food. And if y'all don't know me, food is very important to me in my life. Um, I have a host of food allergies because God knows I would be huge if I didn't. So you know, He blessed me with those limitations, knowing. But. Um, I and I remember like seething and being like you know so upset about it and telling him like I literally like I don't ask for a lot like all I want is food on this table when I get <laughs> home and I was like oh my god if this was reversed guys right? this is the superiority of of women in power because I can't tell you how many things I hear out of high power women's mouths that are so entitled. And so superior and shit, just like I just said. And if that was reversed, every woman on the planet would eat that man alive.
1: Every single one. <laughs> you know, I had to really journal on this because I think that my dream, or I know that my dream, like if that I could do like life over or if I believe that I could come and choose whoever I came me, it was to be a husband from the fifties. Like <laughs> that is hashtag goals right there. To be a husband for the fifties. Imagine coming home to this beautiful dinner party, <laughs> somebody serving you a whiskey in his fancy I feel,
0: I in Hand right.
1: <laughs> that is my dream, <laughs> right? And like, how unfair is it to expect my husband to be his dream, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. And how like self-centered and entitled and just superior that I think that I was.
0: Well, and it's it's truthfully not what we want. Like this, yeah. this is the this is the reason why I want to have this conversation because it's truthfully not what we want. We don't want a passive um please pleaser husband who doesn't chase his own dreams and have his own goals in his life. Like, yes, and and I don't want to downplay the fact that there are a select few men out there who are holding down the home for. It like a pro and they're doing a great job and they love it, Mm -hmm. but most men do not thrive under those circumstances Mm -hmm. and most women, I'm just going to say it, don't find that attractive. They may be extremely attract, they may be extremely grateful for the fact that, Hey, I'm, I'm out doing my dream and I'm chasing my goals, but then, you know, you're, you're home and you're not chasing your own, your own dream and having your own aspirations, your own standards of living for our family. Right. Like that's, it's not, it's really truthfully not what we really want.
1: No, it's not. And when I married my husband, my husband has been an entrepreneur forever. So he was the entrepreneur and I was the one that my income was capped. And then I became an entrepreneur and I saw that I could make money and I could work. And it was so easy for me to put my family second and to put my husband second because I was so happy doing what I was doing. Yeah. But then when I was home and he wouldn't come home until eight or nine o'clock because he's there flipping houses and doing side projects, I really resented him and I felt super alone. Yeah. And I realized how the power dynamics play and how, and again, my husband and I were both entrepreneurs and we also like a part of each other's business, me more in his business than mine. So there's so many layers of like, oh, everything, you know, muddled and, um, it's just the dynamics for us. But what I truly wanted was an equal partner.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I started seeing only my husband and I took the man that I love, like his dreams and all the things out of the equation with things as simple as just having dinner and just talking about my work and the things I'm excited about without asking him a single question, yeah. you know, and having like at this one sided conversation and having like. what about me? What about my business? And really not taking consideration where he was in his aspirations and, you know, the things that he wants to do and how he wants to even spend our money. Like, oh, I make more money now. Like, let's just, you know, and I want to be transparent. He says that like more money and more his money, like we go through seasons and now we make it a challenge. Like who has the boss month, right? Like, did I make more money? Did you make more money? So we have like this fun competition, but it wasn't for a long time. It wasn't that way. I was like really resentful of being the breadwinner.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so like when you said, as far as like, you felt like when you were making the money and you're earning, you felt it was easy to put your family second. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll I want to touch on that because I totally relate to that For coming from I I swear to everybody I had literally like no ambition in my life other than to be a mom. So <laughs> <laughs> that's um, just when you don't know yourself. Uh, and uh, and so when I and and don't get me wrong, being a mom is the biggest blessing of my life. I will say that right now but, it was, I, I do, I do want to do more. I feel like I am personally called to do more. So that being said, I found it really, it's intoxicating to work with my clients. That's, that's so cool because my clients tell me all day how great I am. Like, I'm just going to tell you right now, that is so easy. I'm like, I love working with my clients. I get to watch them change their lives. I get to help them be a part of that. And then they turn around and they tell me how awesome I am. And I go out to my house and I cook or I cook a dinner and my kids don't even want to freaking eat it, you know, or, or I take them to freaking Disneyland and they (laughs) throw a freaking tantrum because they didn't get one single to one stupid toy out of like the million you already bought them. And it's like being a parent being and being a wife can be so much less rewarding for certain reasons at certain times that it can be easy to fall into the groove of, Hey, I feel like I'm getting more of what I want over here in my business than I am in my family. And when yeah. I was smacked with that truth, I was like, oh crap.
1: Mm-hmm. Because I like motherhood and wifey can be like a very thankless job. Right. There is no instant gratification. Right. And if you do the most mundane things in your your work, especially entrepreneurship, there's an instant gratification. Even okay. if you write just one post, there's somebody who's okay. going to comment and say, oh, that really hit me today. So there is like the instant gratification that you're moving things forward. Right. Okay. And with motherhood, you telling them to brush their teeth one more time and then okay. tomorrow you're going to have to do it again. And the next day again, right? And then you tell them to make their bed one more time. And then you have to make dinner every single day forever and ever and ever, right? And then it's just like, it's a very thankless job when you are um, so addicted to that external validation. Yeah, And I think that that power, like I became, I'm so driven and that became like power hungry very fast. And it became seeking external validation very fast. Hey
0: lady. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. I hope you are enjoying every bit of it as much as I enjoy making it. I did want to stop in here real quick and ask you if when you hear the words badass wife, if that would be something that would resonate within your soul. And there's a chance that there might be some resistance there because what is a badass wife? What does that look like? And I want to tell you, it's exactly why I named my exclusive club just that, the Badass Wives Club. And a badass wife is a high achieving woman who loves with her whole heart, who wants this life to be the very best because she recognizes she only gets one chance at it. And she also recognizes that the most important thing in her life, in her world, no matter what she's accomplished, and how she's accomplished in life is relationships. And so if you're looking for a sisterhood and a community that is safe and constructive to come to each week, to share, to pour into, and be in community with who are all like-minded and trying to make the absolute most out of their one and only life, and work on their relationship and their marriage then the badass wives club is truly where you need to be you'll meet with me and other women just like yourself weekly live you get your own private facebook group to continually build and pour into one another It's just truly awesome. And there just are not words for it. Yes, I do offer one-on-one services if you feel more comfortable with that, but those spots are very limited. And I also just can't stress enough the power of being in community and knowing that you're not alone in this and just the cheerleaders that come alongside you as you walk alongside them. It's just so powerful. So I would love to see you there. If this resonates with you, the link to apply to be a part of the Badass Wives Club is in the show notes. And if you are not in my world yet, other than this podcast, hop into the Marriage Empowered Group. And that is my free community on Facebook. But the Badass Wise Club is a, like I said, exclusive elite club, and you must apply to get in. So, ladies, continue listening to this podcast. Please feel free to reach out to me personally if you have any questions whatsoever. But I love you and I hope to see you and meet you in person. So, what would you say was like the biggest? um like when you say that you found yourself being more attracted to going to work right spending more time working what would you say like was the biggest I guess energy like difference between you and your husband
1: um in in what sense
0: in the sense of like how do you feel like that really played into your relationship dynamic
1: oh, I'm sure that he felt the same way that I did. Like he was second, Mm -hmm. right? Like he was an afterthought, just like when he worked all those late nights, when he worked all the weekends, that's exactly what I thought that I was an afterthought, you know, and um, coming to that realization that he, that's how he felt because I know it, I've felt it before. And I didn't want my kids to feel that way. I didn't want my kids to think that they were an afterthought.
0: Mm-hmm. you know, and
1: it was really important for me to start role modeling and creating those boundaries where this is what I love to do. And he lights me up and he's my boundary. He where I drop my boundary so I can be the best mom that I can be when I, you know, take off that CEO hat. Yeah. And here are the boundaries between mom and being your wife, because those are two different roles too. And it was muddle all into one, right? Like sitting out and having conversations with my husband and telling the kids like, don't interrupt us, you know, like closing the door and giving them each an iPad, like, this is mom and daddy time.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, and having, I mean, realizing when you realize that you're not getting what you want from your relationship and you're finding it somewhere else, right? It's like the biggest thing is like, okay, sit down and ask yourself, what do you, what are you really missing out on? And I know like, for me, it was like, well, gosh, when was the last time we went on a date? When was the last time we had fun together? Like so many couples I talked to and they're like, We're just trying to live life, do life together. And so we don't stop to be as intentional with our partner and time together and creating joy together and having experience together that of course your work is going to be more meaningful to you.
1: Yeah, because again, you go back to that external validation, right? There's that instant validation. And especially when couples are disconnected for so long, that first day is not going to be amazing. awkward. The second one is not going to be amazing. Right. (laughs) And then you think like I left work for this. Yeah. Right. And odds are that those dates are going to be instigating problems. Yeah. Right. Like if you don't like how many dates did I go to and I came in and said, Katie, it was horrible. I should Uh have to stay home and wrote a few (laughs) posts. Right. Like, because that's the time when your guards are down and you start talking about things that you have no business talking about on dates, but it's part of that learning experience right and really saying, okay how can I be the best wife that I can be not for him for me Mm -hmm. not because we're gonna have an amazing date but because I'm gonna be proud of the way that I showed up today
0: well and I I wanna so on the on the dates on the date thing you know if you if you've worked with me at all which you have you know I then say there are certain topics that are not date topics which was something I myself had to learn right it was like I want to put all our business out on the table. We can talk about anything we want, right? Without the boundaries. Ladies, if you guys are watching, this is a a tidbit of boundary advice. These boundaries are for you. They're a yes for him too, but they're an agreement you guys can come upon. And when you go on a date and you start talking about the bills or the kids or your work stress or what politics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was mine, guys. (laughs) We had a divided household.
0: (laughs) So, and, and then you, and then you're like, and the other thing is like, that we have this idea of like, we need to go on these dates and sit around, sit down, have dinner, drink alcohol. And those are our dates come home. Right. And it's like, no, like when you were dating, it was a new experience sitting in front of each other, enjoying a meal and a glass of wine. Like, sure. Like every now and then that can be cool. But like, dude, when, when you were dating, that was so awesome because you're learning so much about each other that it was a new experience every time, right? And Mm -hmm. so while that can still be a fun date, depending on what you're doing, when you guys know each other so well, it's like what you're missing out on is creating those new experiences. So it's like redefining those dates, finding how to have joy together, finding how to experience new things together all over again, you know, but being intentional about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. Um, And the intentionality is what changes the game you know? Yes. And then realizing like I can earn all the money in the world. Um, but I only have right, 18 years with my children. Um, and I'm, I really want to be married when they're, when they leave, like, I don't want my whole marriage to be just about the kids. Right. I want us to grow together and we have goals together. So we started like we got into a point where we're talking so much about the past. And then now we're got to the point where we're talking so much about the future and still like having amazing gratitude and commitment for where we are right now. And it's been like such a, like we dream out loud with each other and it's been so amazing because what I truly wanted wasn't um, this yes man kind of husband. What I truly wanted was an equal partner that challenged me. Empowered me and still called me on my shit. But the thing is, I didn't know how to be called on my shit.
0: Yes, that was difficult.
1: (laughs) Yes, that was really difficult because I'm like, (laughs) what are you talking about? I earn all this money. I pay all these bills. Like, you don't get to call me out. But yes, he does. Right. Because the same way that money, I'm having not having money doesn't mean anything about you. Having money means nothing about you.
0: Yes. Well, and that that leads us back into this kind of toxic, I would say, feminist movement that is out mm-hmm. there that we are all getting very much swept up in and a part mm-hmm. of is the fact that we, uh, we find ourselves becoming masculine, putting forth that masculine energy, leading in that masculine energy. And that's a big part of CEOing your husband. Whenever mm-hmm. I say that, it's usually when... We're leading with our masculine because when we do this, we are leading. And the thing is, and of course, we're going to trigger everybody here with this conversation is that what you just said is the sexiest thing ever. When a man can lead his home and I'm talking about servant leadership, which means he's going to make decisions for the best of his family Mm -hmm. and he values his wife's input And her ability and her intuition and her ability to help him make those decisions, then it's the sexiest thing ever. That's truthfully what in our core, of course, like our heart, we truly desire from our men. Mm
1: -hmm. And no matter
0: how many high power women I talk to, the biggest complaint is that he is not leading, How do I get my husband to lead? How do I get my husband to do things without being asked? You know, like, cause, and that, that right there, that phrase right there is like, yeah, you want him to do things without being asked because you just want him to lead. You want him to do it first without you having to come home and lead the whole family. right? And that's what we really want. But when we're coming to them with the solutions, when we have to control our environment at home, just like we have to control our environment at our work, mm-hmm. we end up taking his legs out from underneath them and not giving him a chance to do that.
1: Exactly. And then when he leads, and then here we are criticizing because he didn't lead the way that we thought he should have led, right? Um we keep like emasculating them. So like I come home and I love when my husband is like telling John and Julie what to do. But then there's part of this mama bear that I don't really want them him to tell them because he doesn't do it softly like I do. He doesn't do it nicely like I do. Right. He's not me. But that's the amazing things that he's not me. Yeah. And to sit back and, and really take it all in for what it is. And Love his leadership for what it is is such a gift that you give to yourself because I realize that I'm now off the hook for a lot of things, right? He gets the last say. Are we equal partners? Absolutely. But he's the leader of our family. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much money I make, I still find that amazingly sexy. And that's the myth that I want.
0: Well, and you're to the point where here's and this is the other important part of this, is that he you trust him and you trust him to make the best decision of your family. And he trusts you and your input to guide him towards his decisions too.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that also like, not every decision, like not everything that we talk about needs to, like there are things that we talk about. There are like Journey decisions, right? It's not like oh, we had this conversation. For instance, we're we're we want to move in a few years, and he's not. We're moving tomorrow. Like those conversations, that like there's a lot. Okay, what do we does? What does he have, um, to do? Right? Like he's not going to endanger our family. And a lot of those decisions are like little tiny decisions over and over and over again. And not everything's like okay, like th- this is done. But then when he steps up and like this is a done conversation, so like there are things that he has a veto word and there are things that I have to veto like when he comes to outside of the house he gets the veto because when he comes to the cars right like he's the one who deals with that there are things that I have to veto like when he comes to the children because if anything happens it becomes my responsibility so figuring out like where is his power and where is my power has been like really amazing too
0: that's the key point to establishing any kind of boundary in your marriage right what is yours what is his and then How do we operate within those, you know? Yes. 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 Because I
1: figured, I figured out that when I started making money that I wasn't treating my husband as a husband, I was treating him like a sister wife. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the truth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think you, you hit on it. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing when I, when, when I was referring to the toxic femininity or feminist is that what it comes down to it is like, it's actually like the reverse of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create equality amongst men and women. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is ultimately, when you look at the definition of feminism, that is what we're trying to accomplish is the equal value. Mm-hmm. and Somehow along the way, um, f- feminist, feminist femininity, if I can speak correctly today, um, became a bad thing, became a weak thing. So we're not just now we're not just striving to be equal to men, but now we're striving to be like men. Yeah. And that's the the problem is, is like we're literally denying such an important, special, awesome part of ourselves, because we want equality like and that is where your relationship will suffer tremendously absolutely it's not not by design
1: yeah because as we um get more power which is naturally and it's equal and it's amazing we stop having like we start having this superiority thing right where is no we're no longer equals now i'm better than you because of a b or c right because society tells me and it's interesting cuz if you think about like generationally my grandmother um was able to vote but her mother didn't vote right and then my mother not only was able to vote but she was also able to do things that other so we don't really have a role model right of as far as generation goes to like what is equal and we get to define that by for the next generation and yeah if we keep going, like I have a daughter and a son, just as you do. And I can see clearly, like I want them to be equals. I don't want her to like, just take over. Right. Like I really want that equality and not that superiority. And I feel like that's where we just need to take it more seriously because the way that we're going, like what society is telling us is not what truly is going to work for most people, for most marriages.
0: No. And we can't, when, when something is heard and repeated and talked about and that mindset you live in this ladies we're surrounded by powerhouse women feminist women right and it's like when we're in these environments and we're immersed in them and we have these conversations and I have heard the reason I created this community to begin with is I know how women talk about their husbands and it is not good it's not and if you're surrounded by that all the time you cannot help, but start perpetuating some of those very beliefs and thoughts yourself. I just saw a freaking mug and t-shirt like that says the future is female.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, y'all, we love men. And the biggest thing we complain about is that they're not, they're not being men. They're not leading. They're not rising to the occasion. And then And then we're kind of, we're, we're talking about them. Like they're, they're like nothing, they're not valuable. And like, we're the future. And it's like, what message is that sending to our sons? Right. Mm -hmm. And like the future of men who should be leading, right. And our husbands at home, who we so desire to have their leadership. Like it's, it's bananas to me.
1: Because empowering women doesn't mean that we're just empowering men right? And that's how the 50-50 for me created a lot of resentment in my life. And then I just like a hundred and a hundred, right? Like I want Julie to be a hundred percent in her power. just like I want John Navy to be a hundred percent in his power. Right. And so I think that that's like the main takeaway, like being empowered in your how much money you earn or how much money you don't earn. And, you know, like whatever power you have doesn't mean that you can take, you have to take somebody's power away because that's actually scarcity mindset, Right. Yeah. When we think that success is a seesaw in order for me to have, he needs to lack.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's ego. It's yeah. ego-based living. That's what it is. It's not, it's not living from authenticity. It's, it's living from a state of, like you said, lack and scarcity and fear. And that's, that is when you see us living from our masculine tendencies. It's, it's coming from a place of control. What's at the base of control.
1: Fear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep.
0: And it's not, it's not a place of content. It's not a place of true, like fulfillment because we're literally denying a part of our true selves to be something we're really not out of fear. And so we're not ever going to cultivate that safe, awesome space that we can both be vulnerable in and trust each other in. Because when you have superiority and you're living in a state of ego, you're not communicating with love. You're not communicating with trust. Like you're not building that.
1: And I realized that because um, my husband and I were like barking orders at each other, and we trying to see who barks the loudest, right? Yeah. Instead of like having this vulnerable conversation and looking each other in the eye and just saying, "Hey, I feel like my needs are not being met in this area. Like, I would like to see this. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Like, are your needs being met, right?" And that's why I love your OBS method because, like, it has a lot of the um a lot of the things that we need to really combat that toxic femininity you know because yes. it shows empowerment like owning your stuff it shows vulnerability it shows empathy all the things that we need in order to be 100% empowered and really be that servant leader
0: right and that's the 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 true power that we miss out on is not leading with a solution but leading with a question when we seek to understand them when we say hey this is a problem What do you want to do about it? It is not because we cannot do it ourselves. It is not because we cannot come up with our own solutions. It is because we don't want to do it all the
1: time. And let me tell you how the old Rebecca before Katie used to do Okay. So let's just say we're having a disagreement between my children. I'll be coming to my husband because I really want you ladies to really see this example. I'll be coming home to my husband. Let's just say my son misbehaved. And I'll be like, he's misbehaved at school. I talked to his teacher. From now on, we're going to do this, this, and this, and no electronics. And he has 15 minutes of this. And then he, like, that's how I would CEO him. Yeah. And now the conversation is the new Rebecca, the post Katie Rebecca is... (laughs) Okay, We're, we are having this challenge with John David. I talked to his teacher. What do you think we should do? I have a few ideas, but I really want to know your thoughts. And that's it. And that's an equal, amazing, 100% husband, 100% wife partnership.
0: Yes. <laughs> For those of you on audio, I'm shimmying. <laughs> yes. Yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> But that's, and that's, I want everyone, thank you for sharing that example, because that's exactly how I used to operate with my husband. And that's exactly what shifted in me was like, the, the truth is, is coming and leading with a solution and telling your husband what is going to be done and how it's going to be done is again, something I don't want to have to do. It's something I don't want to do. And it's something that like, I don't value in the fact that I feel like I have to talk to him like he's a child. Versus when I come to him and I say, hey, what do you want to do about Camden and his school, right? Like my son and his school, same scenario. It's a, okay, well, yeah, like, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. It forces them to also think and go, oh, she actually values my opinion. Mm -hmm. She actually wants to know what I think about the situation. Oh, and, and she trusts me to come up with a solution here. Mm -hmm. And that ladies is also what your guy needs to be reinforced with when we call him to leadership, when we say, Hey, this is our standard and expectations for our life together. And my expectation is that you're going to lead our home and you, this is an agreed upon expectation. So please lead. Like, what do you have for me? I, I would love to hear it. And they're like, yay, I get to be the knight in shining armor for my wife because that's what I really want to be and feel like anyways. And then they are called to that occasion versus being told exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it.
1: And that prevents, there's so many layers to this exact example, right? Like we let ourselves off the hook. We are no longer carrying the family on our shoulders with this invisible responsibility that right. all the decisions are made from us. And we're no longer like running on like this empty cup because okay. we have this invisible layer of all these little tiny examples that we can come up with in our own lives. And now he gets to step in and lead and help us really keep that flame going, right? And it's really, it's magical. It's just really empowering.
0: And I might add, It doesn't happen overnight.
1: No, it's still happening. Let's just say like there's six months that we haven't really had like an argument or or we've we've discussed things in a very healthy way, but that doesn't mean that I'm off the hook, right? Like there is this self-awareness. There is this sliding into the old habits. There is my mind has been fixing things for 35 years. It's not going to shut down that fixing part of me because I was under the protest that I was being proactive and I was making his life easier. And and I was resenting him for how easy I was making
0: his life. And I have to throw this in letting him off the hook. Yes. As a result of that. Yes. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: That's the piece we don't see because by us with our helpfulness and our need for control, we end up letting them off the hook of their own responsibilities and facing the consequences of their own behavior and actions and then we want to know why they don't take responsibility
1: exactly we we become enablers sneaky yes super sneaky and you know control is nothing but an illusion
0: oh, yeah for, sure, for <laughs> sure absolutely this is why this is so freaking scary for so many women to truly lean into Mm-hmm. Right. Why, like, so many women will hear this and think, like, ew, leadership? Are you kidding me? Like, what? No, hell no. No one's, no one's leading me. Right. I mean, like, trust me, I felt and said the same freaking things. Mm-hmm. But when it really comes down to how your ecosystem in your relationship is truly designed, if this is, if you want to experience true deep, intimacy, vulnerability, and connection with you and your husband and have a true partnership. I have not yet experienced it or witnessed it in any other way. Yes. Because it's terrifying to step back and let your husband lead. It truly is. If we're being honest, that's really what it is. So even though we so crave that, we're also terrified of what that's going to look like. Like you said, like you hinted on, right? It's not going to be my way. What if, what if he doesn't, what if, what if this happens? What if this happens? What does this happen? Oh, it's just easier if I do it myself. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. thus comes the perpetuation of that very cycle that we are so angry about having in our relationships.
1: And you're absolutely right. Just yesterday, um, John David wanted to go fishing and the old Rebecca would be like, you can go fish on this lake and I already got your licenses and here you go. And here's your pack lunch. And instead I was like, you guys have an awesome day. They got there. They didn't have licenses. They didn't have the permits that they needed. They had to pay double of the amount. And then I got to spend the day with Julia without worrying about how they would get it done. They got it done. They they, got it done. they had an amazing time, exactly. right? But the old me would have fixed everything, made everything perfect and sent them on their way. And then enjoy my day carrying this invisible responsibility of making their day their they nice right Mm. like why (laughs) because I was taught that way because my mom had that type of marriage it was the marriage that I was defaulting to
0: yeah yeah well and that's that's really it it's funny because this is why exactly why empowerment comes to mind when with my model because it's not a matter of now you're the weaker lesser than person you need to be soft and you need to be you know like it's no 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 you're actually holding them accountable. See, before you were just mouthing off to them. Mm-hmm. Like Now you're actually like stepping aside and letting them do the work that they need to do in order to be actualized human beings. And you're not responsible for it.
1: And that has made me a much better wife. Yes. And a much better mom and a much better coach because- now the roles that I am feeling in, I'm 100% in. I'm not carrying this invisible backpack with all these bricks on of all this other responsibility that I had before. And it just makes me way more fun.
0: Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> it doesn't all have to be carried by us. Just yes. because we can does it mean we should? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think we can end it on that. That was phenomenal, lady. Thank you so much. And is there is there anything else that we didn't cover or that there's one little tidbit left that you want for the audience here to know? Yes.
1: I would. Um, there's just the three things, right? That I thought it was amazing as far as like your OBS method and how you works and that it has taken me and it has changed my leadership inside of my house and outside of my house, right? With all the roles that I wear. Uh, first of all, is recognize that I'm not my role, even when I am not doing any of those things. I'm still worthy and I'm still amazing, and it doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing. And the other things that we touch on, but I. Want to reinforce is the empathy, accountability, and vulnerability. I think that those are like the three magical pieces to change your leadership to another level. Yeah. Really have empathy instead of coming to a solution, even with the people that are like, on my team, instead of coming to them with a solution in barking orders, I'm asking them their input. It has opened a whole new world of different perspectives that I didn't have before. Accountability and say, hey, I didn't show up this way. And I just didn't, and I'm sorry that I didn't. Right. And how do we take it from here? And then vulnerability like, I'm sorry that I was sick. I apologize that I wasn't my best self. I'm sorry that I was hangry and I snapped. Right. Really like that. And that was the hardest one for me the vulnerability, because I had this um, direct relationship with like, oh, I'm just going to be weak. And it just has changed everything.
0: I love that. Thank Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me here. This was such an amazing and empowering conversation.
0: Yes. And I am, I want, I just, I have to thank you on sharing that because when you were talking about that scenario of them going fishing and how you didn't worry about how it got done, but it still got done. It was like, dang, if anyone listening here um, and y'all running a business, that's exactly how it's done with your teammates right there. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. Nobody wants to be told how to do something. But if you want a direct result and you give them the freedom of ownership of how they get the task done, it's so much more empowering. So it goes. It goes across the board.
1: It's yeah, it kind
0: of has you all all around.
1: Exactly, it has changed all of my leadership.
0: Yay! Okay, thank you, Rebecca, thank for coming you. on today, and we could talk forever. Always. Yes. <laughs> And oh, um, you tell, tell the people how to find you.
1: You can find me inside the group, the free Facebook group, Strategies, Money and Mindset for Entrepreneurs. Or you can just find me on the Rebecca with 1C, Rebecca Lima, all over social. Please come. I have an open door and open heart policy. So just send me a message and we'll be friends forever. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I know in such a busy world right now that there are so many things pulling at your time and vying for your attention. So the fact that you're willing to spend it with me is truly an honor. And for those of you who are wondering how you can get involved with me and get more of my content, please feel free to join my free Facebook community at Marriage Empowered. You can also follow me at Instagram at Marriage Empowered. And if you'd like to book your free consultation call, you'd like more information on how I might be able to help you in your life or marriage, and you'd like to know more about that information, feel free to book your first free consultation call with me by going to my Facebook business page at Katie May Coaching LLC. And of course, you can always hit me up on the DMs. Thanks again so much for tuning in, you guys. And all this information is also located in the show notes. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and I hope to see you back here soon.